Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. At this time, I'm just going to move on and uh, share just a, a message this morning. I'm going to try and keep it as brief as I can in the interest of time. Uh, and honestly, Katie this morning did such a great job opening and sharing that I don't know that I need to preach. You've kind of already heard uh, the great message this morning. Um, but I will invite you to turn just to Daniel chapter 3. Uh, it'll be on the screen as well behind me. It's a page, I believe, uh, I'm going to go 668, I think, in those softcover Bibles. It's going to be, it'll get you close enough. It'll get you in the, ball, in the ballpark. Um, so real quick, Daniel and his friends... Now, we've been doing a series on battles in Babylon. This is about uh, young man Daniel. As you heard, he was from Judah, a young man who was in exile because he, the Babylonian, great Babylonian empire overpowered his country and took him away as a captive to a foreign land. And Daniel is there and he's in a palace and he's been trained now as a wise man and, a, and a, as a, an interpreter of dreams in this foreign country. And uh, it's a nation that doesn't honor God, and he's trying to maintain and live out his faith in this culture. So the best, so imagine like if a Yankee fan went to Boston. Okay, that's like the probably the closest thing. Like like there's you know danger to his life based on his values. All right, and uh, that's 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 the story of Daniel. And so we pick it up in Daniel chapter three, verse one, and it says this: King Nebuchadnezzar, who was the, the king, um, made a gold statue ninety feet tall. And nine feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dora in the province of Babylon. So, Dave, would you stand one more time? So that's about how big it was. All right. Ninety feet tall. All right. Thank you, Dave. Ninety feet tall and nine feet wide. I mean, this was enormous. Right. This ceiling. I'm going to guess is what, 30 feet, 40 feet, maybe. Ninety feet tall. Did you realize how big that was? This is a huge huge statue. And it says he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. And that's an extensive list there. And the the purpose of that list was to let you know everybody was there. Everybody was there. They didn't leave anybody out. So all these officials came out and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, again, here comes a list. When you hear the sound of the horn, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. I mean, they're trying to create the sense of pomp and circumstance. You see it, like all the people were there, all these instruments, all these drums, boom, boom, boom. Here you go. Here it comes. When you hear that, bow down. Right? And in case you don't get the message by all the people bowing down around you, we're just going to give you a threat. Okay, we're going to add in a threat here so you know what's going to happen. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Oh, that's nice. He made a statue. Bow down. If you don't, I burn you. Okay. So would you like to guess what happened when the music started? (laughs) It says, so at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Okay. Because remember, this is, this is, we're in Red Sox territory. They bow down to statues there. All right. It says, But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They were tattletales. 
They were professional tattletales. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they heard, hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. Thank you for the list again. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace, in case you forgot when you said that thing one time about burning everybody. But there are some Jews, namely uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. Now, there's some professional jealousy going on. Right? These are exiles. They're not supposed to be in a position of power, but because of what had happened previously, right, they're elevated. These are Babylonians who resent it. They don't like it. They're just, they're, and they're going to do what they can to stick it to them. So they saw them not bowing down, and they want the king to make it, to make it feel personal. And they, so they say this. Not only are they not bowing down, but they pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. They want to make it personal, and it works. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar flies into a rage in order that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they're brought in, he said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? He doesn't even give them a chance to answer. Doesn't he? You, know, you ever do that with your kids? I got a question for you, and then you just keep on going. You don't give them a chance. You don't, you're, you're, just, you're just making a point. It's not... It's not I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then he says something that's really important to this story. He says this, and then what God will be able to save you from my power, to rescue you from my power? I mean, he is flexing every muscle he has, right? He wants to shake them with intimidation. I am the king of Babylon. Are you feeling me? You mess with me, I will burn you. No God anywhere. I just made a 90-foot statue. What God's going to stop me? I mean, do you, you gotta, it's hard for us to read this story and, 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 and just grasp the intensity. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. I'm sure he loved hearing that. I'm sure he was like, oh, oh, okay, right. Um, they said, we don't owe you an explanation. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. I mean, this is straight up cold-blooded confidence. Like, right? Like, come on. Who you think you are? Could they have made a bolder statement? You throw us in, God gets us out. God's bigger than you. You can't hurt me. I'm not afraid of you. Nebuchadnezzar must have been going out of his ever-living mind. He must have just lost it. And then they continue with one of the most profound declarations of faith. Our youth heard this at the winter retreat. And here's what it says. But even if he doesn't, even if God doesn't rescue me from that fire... We want to make it clear to you, your majesty. This is the king of Babylon, the greatest power on the world at that time. These are three little Jewish boys. We want to make it clear to you in case you're missing this. We will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. I mean, they believed God was going to save them. They genuinely believed it. They knew the commandments, the commandments God had given them. I mean, they were good Jewish boys. They knew the commandments. The commandments said, 
Thou shalt not worship any other gods. Have, you know, do not worship and bow down to any other idols. Right? They know the law. They know they're not supposed to do this. And they had made up their mind that they were going to do what was right, regardless of how this turned out. They were going to refuse to compromise, as Katie was talking about, even if it cost them their life. Sometimes the culture around us collides with our convictions, and it can be volatile. Everybody was bowing down. Everybody was bowing down. Can you imagine what that was like? You ever see those videos where they do those social experiments, where they say, you know, um, everybody in the room except one is in on the joke, and they're like, you know, stand when you hear the bell, and everybody just stands up at one time, but there's no bell. And there's somebody going, I don't hear anything. And then everybody sits down. And then they all stand up again. And the person's like, I don't hear anything. But they're like... And then they stand. Right? And then over time, peer pressure. And here it comes again. Everybody stands up. And they just stand up. But there's no bell. Because they just go with the crowd. Because there's just the power of everybody in Babylon is bowing down. And they're not doing it. They stood their ground. At first, quietly. They weren't making a scene. It was quiet. But then they get tattled on. And it, and it comes. And you know what? They don't shy away from it. It's not like it's easy to do when it's quiet and hard when it... What, I mean, they're right in front of the king. He's yelling at him. You better bow down now. And they say, I don't owe you an explanation. Oh, I'm telling you, these guys, confident, we're not going to bow. And you know, the king, he, uh, he, he didn't take it well at all. It said, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. You know anybody that does a really good angry face? You know, turn to your neighbor and make like a really angry face. Like, like your angriest face that you can make, right? Angry face. It says it distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace. They weren't just going to burn them. They were going to go volcanic. We're going to incinerate you. Right? It's going to be like instantaneous. Like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, melting. Right? It's going to happen in a moment. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw in the three men. That is hot. Hot. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. Let me tell you, if the story ends there, it would still be a powerful story of faith and conviction. Because they're in the fire. The story could end right there and we'd still be like, wow. That's inspiring. That tells you do not compromise your convictions. The reality is, though, obedience to God doesn't guarantee that you're going to avoid the fire. God could have put out the flames, but he didn't. It said they just fell in the fire. There are times we really hope God's going to rescue us, that he's going to keep us from experiencing the pain of something. Can I tell you, there was a guy named Jesus one time who said, God, I don't want to, I don't want to go through this fire. God didn't rescue him. He went and faced it and felt every flame along the way. Sometimes, sometimes you do what you believe is right and you still end up in the fire. The moral of the story is not you do 
what's right, and God protects you and saves you every time, and it's easy. And sometimes you end up in the fire. God, I stood up for truth, and I got fired. I held to my convictions, and my partner left me. God, this hurts, and I know I did what was right. What's up with that? How can you let me walk into the fire? It's a year of wonder for our church. And we expect God to do things that will fill us with the sense of holy awe. And what happens next is just that. It says, suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. We can count, yes. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Count with me. One, two, three, four. Four. Three guys go in. The guys that throw them in die because it's so hot. And now there's four walking, unbound, unharmed, and number four looks like a god. You tell me, what's going on here? I can imagine Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, he was angry. Remember the story with rage? And I can imagine that that rage is sort of transforming now into a like a, what? What? What is going Like just this disbelief, this incredulous, What? It says, then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Do you hear a difference in his words? Come out. Come here. And it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did the running man out of the fire. Right? They walk out of the fire like studs. Walking out of the fire, man. The soldiers and attendants all had their phones out and were live streaming the entire thing. They were like, dude, this is going viral. This is totally going viral. You see this? You see this? It says, then the high officials, officers, governors, and advisors crowd around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed. Their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Anybody have the summertime, you know, fire pit? You wear the sweatshirt outside at night, right? It smells for like the next six months, right? Just that you just smell. Oh, man, that's right. I wore it outside in the fire. Like you just had that smell of smoke on you, right? They're in a furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. So hot, the strongest soldiers die just throwing them in. They don't even smell like smoke. You're trying to light your barbecue and not get singed hair on your hands. Right? You know, the phew, you know, eyebrow is gone, right? Not a curled hair, not a singed fire, untouched. Untouched. But somehow, the bonds, the ropes that tied them up, those disappeared. Those burnt up. So they're unbound. But they themselves don't even smell like smoke. Nebuchadnezzar says, praise to the God of Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word 
against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. See, Nebuchadnezzar still thinks he's got power. Like, I'll get them. Like, listen, God's got it. You don't need to defend him. You know, I, I, I think it was somebody once said, uh, you know, I defend the word of God like I defend a lion. Just get out of the way. God's big enough. He says this, there is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. I'm telling you, the people who were tattling are like, are you kidding me? I'm trying to get these guys out of the way, and they're getting promoted. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they wanted to live. They wanted to live. All of us want to live. But they believed that only God deserved worship, and they refused to compromise what they believed for what they wanted. The battle inside was for their worship. And their options appeared to be either compromise or die. That's pretty serious. I don't think they ever saw promotion as an option. <laughs> Listen, you can compromise, you can die, or you can get a promotion. You pick, you know. So what today? I'm going to try and wrap this up as quick as I can. I don't care who you are, how old you are. Every single day we fight the same exact battle that they fought. Every single day, what we believe is put to the test. I mean, Katie couldn't have said it better when she opened this morning. You are daily being tempted to compromise what you believe to get what you want. Kids, maybe it's at school. You know what's right, but you want to be accepted. You want to be liked. Everybody's doing it. Just one drink. Just one time. Everybody's going to laugh at you if you don't. Listen. The pressure to fit in in school, how many of you remember? You that are older, do you remember the pressure? Do you remember? The pressure to fit in. Kids, I know I'm not a kid anymore. I've got some few gray hairs, mostly your fault. Um, <laughs> just bow down a little bit, they're going to say. Just a little compromise. I'm going to encourage you now, children. Uh, it doesn't get easier when you get older. <laughs> At work, your boss may ask you to do something that you know isn't right. To violate what you believe. And you know what? Our culture expects it. It's just what it takes. It's just the way the world works. It's just how the job's part of the job. It's just the way things go. You just got to compromise your convictions sometimes. It's just business. Just bow down a little bit to the idol of business. Just bow down a little bit to the idol of popularity. Just bow down a little bit to the idol of acceptance or the, the idol of wealth. Or just bow down a little bit. And every time, every single day, our conviction is tested. Somewhere, somehow, the enemy will do whatever it takes to get you to bow down. It may take enticing you with the promise of promotion or happiness or pleasure. If you just bow down a little bit, it'll be good for you. I'll promote you. If you just bow down a little bit, you'll get success. If you just bow down a little bit, you'll get what you want. It's enticing. Or maybe it's fear. If you don't bow down, you're going to lose the job. You're going to lose the relationship. You're going to lose the prestige. You're going to lose 
your reputation. You're going to lose this. So it's either enticing or it's going to be fear or somehow or another it's going to try to get you to compromise your convictions. Zig Ziglar, got a great name first, said this, be careful not to compromise what you want most for what you want now. Be careful not to compromise what you want most for what you want now. Some of you are familiar with a missionary by the name of Jim Elliott, and he said it this way. He said, he is no fool who would choose to give the things he cannot keep to gain that which he could never lose. The temptation to compromise is for the short term always. It's always short term over long term. It's always temporal over eternal. But here is the life-changing truth of this story. You ready for this? God walks through fire with you. He may not save you from the fire, but he will never let you walk through it alone. God could have put the fire out, and he didn't. He chose to be with them in the fire. Wherever you go, God is going to walk with you. You may feel yourself going, God, I want to do the right thing, but I know heat is coming. And God says, hey, walk, I'm with you. I'm with you. And here's the thing. If you feel flames, if you feel like I'm feeling the pain of standing for something, here's the best thing you can do. Just start to count. One, two, three, four. I know I walked in here alone, but there's something else with me. There is no God who can rescue like this, no God who is present like this. Let me tell you, there's only one way to really win the battle here. The battle is for your worship. What are you going to worship? And it's not about what you believe. It's about who you're going to worship. It's not about what you know to be true. We all agree on what's true. It's just, are you going to live it out? That's the battle. And here's what it takes. It takes courage. You're going to need courage to defy the king. You're going to need courage to defy your peers. You're going to need courage to defy a boss who has no idea who sits on the real throne. You're going to need courage to defy a culture that has no idea who truly establishes right and wrong, what's true and what's not. You need courage. Courage refuses to compromise. So where does that courage come from? And here's, here's the answer we find in the story. Courage is a product of worship. What you worship and who you worship shapes who you are. God has no fear of anything. You think God was afraid of King Nebuchadnezzar? You think God was like, hey, there's some fire. I don't want to get burned. Good luck with that. See, when you worship a God who's not afraid of anything, you become like Him. You become like the God who walks through fire. See, they didn't fear the king because their lives weren't in his hands. If you will worship the God who is above any king, who fears no one, who refuses to compromise who he is, you become like him. God will give you courage to face any fire. The courage to say, even if, even if God doesn't rescue me, I'm not bowing to anything else. 
to subject what we want to what we believe. I want to encourage you this morning. You can do it. You can win this battle for what you believe. You can live a life that is consistent with your values and your beliefs. The recipe is simply worship. You worship the God who has no fear. He will give you courage. They worshiped a God who they knew sat above a king. And when the king threatened them, I don't even owe you an answer. But I'm not going to do it. My God's going to save me. And even if he doesn't, still not going to do it. Courage wasn't because they were just brave guys. It wasn't just because they had some chutzpah, right? It wasn't that. It's because those guys worshipped a God who had no fear. And it changed who they were. King Nebuchadnezzar started out by saying, if you refuse to bow, you're going to be thrown into a blazing furnace. And then what God will save you from my power. And he ended by saying, there is no other God who can rescue like that. You will never regret bowing to the one true God. Let me just encourage you. Fire doesn't scare him. Kings don't scare him. Bosses don't scare him. Mean girls don't scare him. Hurtful family members don't scare him. And when you worship him, they won't scare you either. The courage to live a life of conviction, to refuse to compromise, all comes when we worship the God who walks through fire with you. That's good news today. That is really good news. We're going to pray, and the choir is going to prepare. They're going to close us this morning. The choir is going to uh, sing a song, and you can, you can prepare now. As they do, would you just bow in prayer with me as the choir just sets themselves up? Would you just bow your heads this morning? Jesus, I thank you for being the kind of God who walks with us through fire. God, would you help us in our battle against fear? Empower us to stand our ground, to refuse to compromise. Today is a brand new day. Perhaps in the past we have compromised. Perhaps we did this morning. Perhaps it was yesterday. We gave in. Lord, your grace is new every morning, and this is a brand new day. And I ask, Lord, for each and every person in this room, Lord, we are all facing challenges. There are furnaces staring us down. And in this moment, God, I ask you to help us respond with worship. Lord, and in so doing, would you just plant the seed of courage in our soul? Lord, courage doesn't eliminate fear. It just chooses to look beyond it, to look at what's ultimately true, to not respond to that fear. From this day forward, God, may we be people of conviction. Fill us with the courage, regardless of who challenges us. Or may we not sacrifice what matters most for anything less. You are the God alone. And we bow our knee to you this day. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online.